Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa, and I'm coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. So this episode is a conversation that I had with Marco, who you might be familiar with if you watch the Contrarian's YouTube channel. He came on the show to talk about a new documentary that he has directed and produced about the band Mystique. And you're saying, I don't think I know that band. You're not alone. A lot of people aren't familiar with Mystique. They were a Hamilton, Ontario-based heavy metal band in the 80s. We talk about Mystique, we talk about the documentary, and we talk about The Contrarians. But before we get started, as always, I thank you for your continued support. It is much appreciated. And with that, we are on to episode 49, Mystique with Marco.
All right, so my guest today is Marco D'Aria. Am I saying your name right? Close enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Some of you guys might be familiar with this guy because he is part of The Contrarians, which is a very popular YouTube channel that Middleheads that I know love. So a lot of people are going to be really familiar with you, with you and the channel. Very Welcome cool. to the Thanks show. So you're here to talk about a couple of things, but one of the things that you're here to talk about is the band Mystique. I'd never heard of this band before. I did a little bit of research because you sent me some stuff. And I did see the Contrarians episode that you did talking a little bit about it because you did a documentary about this band. The documentary actually came out last year. Yeah, so um, we were actually still filming last year and we, we did a premiere, but we filmed the premiere. And now we've actually incorporated that premiere footage into the final cut of the film. Okay. So it was technically previewed last year, but I guess you could say it was completed this year because now we're entering it into film festivals and um, it's the final cut of the uh, uh, final version that has the premiere footage tacked onto it. Cause that yeah. was kind of like a, a reunion of sorts. I see. So it's kind of part of the story. So that was the idea of having that premiere last year. That's very cool. Tell us a little bit about the band Mystique, because I, I'm guessing that a lot of people are not too familiar with them. Yeah, they're they're a pretty, I mean, they were super independent and local to Southern Ontario, um, Hamilton in particular, the city, which is um, south of Toronto. Uh, so it's, it's kind of close to Toronto and they did play in the gre greater Toronto area. But they were um, essentially uh, a progressive metal band of the early to late 80s. And they had a few official releases. They never released a full studio album. Um, they released an EP, a five-track demo, and uh, a single, uh, two vinyls and a cassette. And, um, and they had you know numerous board tape recordings and, and shows and uh, demo recordings. And they were working on a final studio album that was never released or finished. But they were they were a metal local metal band that put out a bunch of stuff independently in the 80s. Uh, they never made it, but they dabbled with, with some record companies. And years later, their uh, releases have become collectible to, to metal collectors. Yes, they have. How is it that you because you're decidedly younger than me and this this band came out in 85. So why don't you tell everybody how you got to know this band? Yeah, so I like, like I'm kind of from the area that they're from. But uh, the biggest connection I have is actually uh, my uncle is the lead vocalist of Mystique. Uh, so that's kind of where it started from. But um, I became eventually became a fan of that style of music, like hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock in my uh, preteens and teen years. And that's when I kind of started um, getting into them. I started going to my like grandmother's house and digging out their recordings because, you know, my uncle had some of his stuff there and, and kind of listening to it and then going to him and asking him a bunch of questions. Um, but I kind of started off. Uh, getting into Kiss when I was in elementary school and then kind of like ACDC and Led Zeppelin and then Mystique was kind of part of that. I was just fascinated by them, A, because I saw my uncle on the back of the cover yeah. of the EP, yeah. but also fascinated because I remember holding up the EP and not even understanding what a vinyl was at the time. Um, so everything just kind of confused me, but really intrigued me. And then when I actually listened to the music, 
I appreciated the music and I enjoyed the music. If I didn't like the music, it would have never gone this far, mm-hmm. uh, even though whether regardless of what, what relative was in the band. But I grew to appreciate the band. And I got to know the other guys too, like John, who was a, a founding member, JD. He goes by in the band. Um, so I got to know him quite well. And now we're partners. All the like me and Ray and John are, are three-way partners now. And we're kind of pushing this thing together. So for me, it's it's awesome. It's like a dream. That's awesome. They're a really good band. You know what I got from them though? It's like if I didn't know that this came out in 85, I would have thought that this was like a 70s thing going on. They have that 70s vibe, kind of a rush, 70s rush vibe going on. It seems like that was probably a big influence on them. Yeah. And you know what I think it is too? I think it's the uh the Hammond organ. Like yeah. if you listen to the Hammond organ and you get those um reminiscence of uh, uh deep purple from like the yeah. 70s, yeah. you get those types of vibes and sounds. Plus the production quality wasn't the greatest on the EP. So I know it was super independent, uh very low budget. So like they did the best they could with what they had. Um, but I think those are probably the two biggest elements that make them appear to be a little more dated or classical if you want to look at it from a, a glass half full type of lens. But I, I can see what you're saying, because especially I think that that organ. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think it's dated in a bad way. I think it's just it's interesting because if you. When I saw, OK, this this came out in 85. It didn't sound like 85. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, which is absolutely. cool. <laughs> because I love the Hemispheres 2112 era of Rush, and that's the vibe that I got. So I was I was totally into it. Yeah, and I and I've heard people say uh, that they um, like in my uh, that Ray's voice too. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say, especially on that song "Memories," which I think is my favorite song on the on the EP. Okay, he definitely cool. he definitely sounds like Getty thing going on there. Yeah, maybe it's I've, like I've everybody comments. from. Maybe for everybody from Ontario sounds the same. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so did they have a following? Like, were they like a, a really well-known local band? Do they play a lot of gigs? Yeah, from all accounts, they did quite well in the local area. They played shows where they made a lot of money. A lot of it was from sales of their recordings, but also from sales of merchandise, which a lot of local bands at that time did not have. Like Mystique had, and I have all of this stuff um, through not just Ray, but also through John and through even folks from the Hamilton area that I've tracked down that had this stuff back then who went to see them live, Mm. who all told me that they were all fans. And like uh, I interviewed a gentleman for the documentary who was a fan of the band. Um, and he went to all their shows and he bought their T-shirts and their posters and their 8 by 10s And you know what I mean? Like he wasn't in the music business. Well, actually, no, he was. He was a musician, but he was um, not in the band, but he was a fan. And um, also people that were around the band at the time, like uh, not a lot of local bands had like stickers and buttons and posters and right. T-shirts, let alone a recording back then, which was right. rare enough for like a, a, a ha- local Hamilton City band to have like a recording. And then they went on to become international recording artists because they recorded in France, et cetera, et cetera. So they were, they had a pretty big following from what I understand Mm -hmm. at the time. Uh, And they played quite a bit. Did they play or play in the U.S.? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't think they did. I know that they had a tour lined up with the band Victory. And I know they've opened for like Kick-Axe. Oh yeah. Um, But the tour fell apart because the bassist at the time was in a motorcycle accident right oh, no. before the tour started. And at that time, you couldn't really just go on the internet and look for a bass player. It kind of screwed them out of that that uh, tour, which would have been a tour of the States opening for the band Victory. 
Um, but I don't think they played in the States, but they played all around the greater Toronto area. And even in, um, they, John and Ray had met a previous band that played in like Quebec and, and other provinces as well. So they were, Mystique was mostly known in that Southern Ontario, Toronto, Hamilton area. Did they just decide to break up because of, because they lost the bass player or kind of what happened? How, why did everything sort of fall apart? Well, they were together, John and Ray were together from 83 to about uh, 89 was when they were recording the, the final studio album, which was never released. I mean, at that point, it had been almost a whole decade of ups and downs because they had mm. um, almost every recording has a different lineup, uh, except for John and Ray are the two core members that were in every recording. I mean, they went to France and they recorded over there, uh, but then their guitar player in France like couldn't kept uh, coming back from going between France and Canada. And then that wasn't working out. Mm. Then they had to get a new guitar player and then that didn't work out. Then they had to get a new guitar player. Then they were recording new songs. And also the music industry was changing rapidly. And that's explored in the film as well, which I think is cool, which I think, I think if folks don't know who the band Mystique are, I think they will find, if they're bands of metal and the history of metal and bands that are on the level of Mystique, I think they'll, they'll be interested in some of the information that's presented in, in, in the documentary because I mean, Martin Popoff is interviewed in the documentary yeah, and you kind of get a glimpse at and, and you could probably plug in and hundreds of other bands that were on the same level of mystique into the story and kind of just see the unfolding of a fledgling band in the 80s, just trying to uh, they're struggling with the changing times. And all of a sudden it's hair metal. Now it's like dirty hair metal. Now it's um, grunge. grunge. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alternative music is coming yeah. in and really yeah. heavy metal. So uh, times were changing. They were trying they, they went from being progressive and and heavy to kind of be more commercial and that wasn't really working out the band members kept leaving so it was a number of different things where they yeah. finally just decided to to throw in the towel but that's explored in the documentary yeah i, I mean that's the kind of the age-old story i had another band on here called nor'easter and they're from connecticut and it's kind of the same story they you know they were a late 80s band and they were a great local band but they just couldn't get the traction and mishaps and whatever and then then life goes on and you've got to you know you got to go got to get to work you got to have you know money you have to take care of your family and so then do they are they still in the music business is your uncle still in the music business no so uh ray had a few bands after mystique uh slam glory which was more of kind of like a skid row type of band uh that like kind of like that early 90s mm -hmm. Uh, and then after when Slam Glory didn't really work out, he kind of went back to school and to computers and kind of did other things for a while. And then he had a more recent band in the 2000s called Stir of Echoes, which was more of kind of like a southern hard rock type of classical, like hard rock type of band, kind of a throwback to like the 70s, 80s type of thing. Um, and that went on for a couple of years and they put out a CD. Uh, but since then, he's kind of like retired, unofficially, officially retired from the music business. He hasn't played in a few years. John, on the other hand, he kind of went through a similar process where he was in a couple of bands after Mystique. One was Womp Free. And then he, I think he took a break for a while and then he kind of came back and started playing in local bands again like ghetto dolls was one of them and um the rev bob blues band was another one of them so he john play has played more frequently mm -hmm. recently but they also are are involved heavily into this mystique thing so there's no plans as far as i know to record new music or to play shows but there are some plans right now to release some never before heard stuff. So that's in the works right now. So they've kind of retired Mystique from as a playing band, 
but they're still continuing on with uh, Mystique in terms of like releasing old material. And this DVD came out and like kind of other things in the work, probably for the next couple of years, Mystique will be around kind of doing things like that, but probably not playing live. That's great. Did your uncle approach you and say, hey, we want to do this documentary. Are you interested? Or did you come to him and say, you know, we should we should do this documentary. We should chronicle this. How did that come together? No. So there initially uh, when I had gone to school for uh, media, um, that's when the 30th anniversary album was being discussed, which collected the the original EP with some of their other recordings and extended the five track EP to 10 tracks, which included the, some of the songs from the cassette and then the single, the A side and the B side. So it was a 10 track uh, re-release. It was released by Eat Metal Records on CD and vinyl, which was really cool. Um, leading up to that, this was like the 2014-15-ish. I had had conversations with Ray, um, potentially involving some type of filming, maybe some type of performance, because they were in the conversation of having a performance, mm -hmm. potentially, and that might have been filmed by myself. That's as far as that went. Um, they never ended up going through with the performance. I think kind of things kind of fell through with some of the other members a mystique, not necessarily Ray and John. I think they were on board for it, but just trying to get other people involved was difficult. Uh, so that was as far as one of the, like the members approaching me to do a film project. Wasn't until a couple of years later when I finished media that I was really thinking about the story and wanting to document it. And I went to Ray first and then he gave me the okay. And then I went to John and John gave me the okay. If, if either of them didn't or neither of them did, I wouldn't have done it. But because both of them did, then I had a foundation to kind of start with. But that's kind of I, I went to them. But there was talks of doing something earlier, but it wasn't a documentary. It was like, hey, do you want to if we do a show, do you want to film it kind of thing? It costs money to make a documentary. So did you have <laughs> yeah. did you have backing for this? Did you go reach out to somebody and say, hey, can you help fund my documentary? <laughs> no. So I've learned all about that since the documentary has been completed. There was no um, GoFundMe. No, there was like, literally, I was working full time. And, uh, and I was just looking at the cost of getting equipment. And I paid for equipment, my equipment myself. And I had a couple of friends that I asked to help me out. One of them uh, ended up getting his bachelor's in film and television. And another one ended up he went to school at Metalworks, which is a famous um, school, I think in the uh, Toronto area, for like music production and sound production and stuff like this. So I had an audio guy and I had a video guy and I talked to both of them and they were willing to help me out. I went online and I found a cheap semi-professional camera and a, and a cheap lighting system. Like I, I had two lights, you know, with the umbrellas and stuff. So I, I, I spent a couple of thousand dollars and I just asked everybody to help me out and volunteer. I didn't pay anybody. I couldn't pay anybody. I Like I would buy the guy's coffee when we went and I paid for gas. So literally it was gas. And a couple of grand for the equipment. I paid for it out of my pocket. And this is before I got married. This is right before I got married. So I was able to, to purchase the equipment um, because, you know, life right. you know, later on, if I didn't do it at that time, it might have been a lot more difficult to pay for that equipment later on. But uh, no, I, I paid for it myself. And um, now I've learned because now I've kind of started networking with people that there's a lot of ways to get funding. There um, is. Provincially, like nationally, whatever. And I'm looking at, funding for a next project which would focus not just on one band from the Hamilton area but focus on the Hamilton Toronto area in general and I made a lot of connections with guys from those times like Martin and 
and uh, Drew Masters, who was the editor of Meat Magazine in Toronto for several years. So like, I've kind of got a uh, foundation there for another project. And I'm looking at funding for that. If I can't get funding, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I can get funding, I'm going to continue on to make to document the uh, Southern, in this case, Southern Ontario, uh, Canadian heavy metal and hard rock of the 70s, 80s, 90s. So I'm excited about that. And that will would be funded if I get approved. That's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, there's always crowdfunding and things like that. I mean, uh, it's been successful for other people. So definitely something to think about the people that that enjoy these type of documentaries and, you know, the people that you've met through contrarians and whatnot. So let's talk a little bit about awards, because this documentary and yourself have been garnered several awards or nominations of awards. Yeah, I'm I'm blown away by this. That um, so we we did the premiere uh, last year in Hamilton. We actually made some money doing it, which was really cool. And then we started putting it into film festivals. And uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from a bunch. So over the next six months, I'm going to hear back from more film festivals. In the mostly all of them are in Canada. Um, I think one of them is like in Calgary, which is out west. But most of them are in Toronto, Hamilton, etc. So two of them I had heard back from already blew me away that we ended up actually getting nominated for between the two festivals, but uh, we got nominated for five awards and we won one award at each festival. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Which totally blew me away. Uh, I got a certificate. I went out to the festival. It was really cool. Uh, Now we're waiting to hear about, hopefully there'll be more news. I mean, like I, I just wanted to get the film screened. Like I didn't think that we'd be getting nominated, let alone winning anything. Right. So um, I'm excited about the future in the next few months because I'm, so, I'm I'm basically going to hear back from a festival for like each month up until about February. That's awesome. So over the next six months, if you follow the Mystique social media, you'll probably see more news. I don't know if it'll be awards and nominations and blah, 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 but hopefully we'll get screened at some future fests. That's very exciting for you. And the thing about that is um, I think that'll help you get funding later on because you can, you know, you can say, you know, this is an award winning project. You know, I'm just not some fly by night guy. I'm actually I actually kind of know what I'm doing. Well, yeah, I'm blown away by it because I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a traditional filmmaker. I'm not skilled in filmmaking. Like I, I this was literally a project driven on passion and just wanting to tell the story. And I figured out how to do that. And the, the thing that's cool about that is that's just a message that I can send to anybody. Like if you're passionate about something, you can figure it out and it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. You know? Like there's challenges, but if you're really passionate, you'll be able to overcome those challenges. You'll figure out a way. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the contrarians, how you got involved with the contrarians. Yeah. So that actually was um, because of this film. So Martin Popoff and I had an email correspondence when I was in grade school, because this is when I was I first started discovering Mystique and I was Googling their name and I was kind of finding little bits and pieces here and there about them, but not not much back on the Internet back in those days. And um, somebody who had Mystique on their vinyl want list, because I would reach out to them and ask them, like, how would you hear about Mystique? Uh, how do you know this band? Somebody told me that they had found out about Mystique because of a book that Martin had written called the Heavy Metal Collector's Price Guide. Mm-hmm. which I ended up seeking out. But I, I sent him an email as a kid back, like this is 20 plus years ago, I think. And um, he responded to me and just, cause I asked him like, where did you hear about Mystique? Why'd you put them in your book? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't have the email. I didn't save it, but this, this is a true story. Um, he responded to me and I was just a kid and he was uh, from Toronto and he had written a few books at that point. And uh, yeah, he just responded to me and told me how he heard about them and where he found out about them. And that always stuck with me course the book getting my hands on the book and then they're finding out there was another book that he had put them in called the 80s review guide where he reviewed all the books that he had priced 
in the initial book, he put out several volumes, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Yep. So I had both the books. And then when this idea for this movie documentary kind of came up, I thought, what a perfect guy to interview. Because A, he's already shown that he's, um, uh, you can communicate with him, that he's right. easily accessible. Very accessible. Right? Uh, he's from Toronto, which is like where I'm from. Like I live in uh, Toronto right now, just on the outskirts of Toronto. And, um, and he had written about Mystique in a couple of his books. So it just made perfect sense to have a person like Martin in the documentary who's totally like third person. He wasn't in the band or around the band, but he's like a third person music author journalist who could talk about the band from that perspective. It's funny because initially when I emailed him, he said he was interested in doing an interview, but I remember him telling me like, you know, I'm not a, like, I don't know everything about Mystique. You need to be very specific with your questions kind of thing, right? Because I don't know how long I can answer questions about Mystique for because they're a pretty obscure band. Right. Well, I went and I, I framed my questions a certain way and ended up talking to Martin for like an hour and 45 minutes on film about yeah. Mystique and about bands like Mystique. Because I, I phrased a lot of the, I had sent him the 30th anniversary CD so he could refresh his memory on the music. And then when I went to interview him, I interviewed him specific, I asked him specific questions about the band, but I also asked him questions like, oh, what would a band like this in this era need to do to do that? It was almost like a thought exercise, I think, for Martin. Where it'd be like, oh, okay, well, like a, a, a band at that time trying to make it as a, doing this. And, and I think he appreciated that as well as our professionalism as a film crew. That's when he said we should exchange information and maybe connect and do something. And we set up a phone call meeting and then we had a phone call meeting. And that's where the genesis of the contrarians came from, was from that first interview for the film uh, and him wanting to continue to work with us because he saw something there. He saw that we were professionals and he saw that maybe we could do something which now is five years later, The Contrarians. Yeah, and The Contrarians is, there's a lot of different, it's not just one, it's the word I'm looking for, uh, one type of avenue. There's a bunch of different contrarian offshoots from the original concept. Yeah, that is probably the thing that I'm the most proud of, is that we started this, this thing is just us. It was a vehicle for Martin, really. Our, the crew was there to kind of help Martin and we also saw it as a reciprocal relationship because we thought like, okay, this guy's written books. He's in the music business. He's interviewed Paul McCartney and Lemmy and all these guys. Like, this is something like we can learn from this guy. Like, that's what I saw it as like a yeah. learning opportunity. Yeah, it ended up being reciprocal and uh, the, the channel has be become a success. All these other people who started supporting our channel and we said, hey, why don't you come on and you guys are supporting us on the Patreon and, and you don't have to support us to get on the show. Just reach out to me, you know, and I'll invite anybody on the show. You don't have to be a Patreon member, but that gives you the quickest access to, to voting on topics and this and that. We started just having these guys on the show and just being like, Hey, you guys support us. You guys are music fans. Why don't you come on and talk to us? And then um, they all started developing a love and passion for discussing music. And they started starting their own channels. And some of them have been, have started blowing up and getting really successful. And that makes me really proud. Like I'm not at all people ask, I've been asked like, Oh, does that bother you that people are and I'm not at all like I'm I'm super proud of that. Very happy for everybody who who decides to pursue something. Absolutely. If, if we I influence agree. that, that's amazing. There's room for everybody. I'm friends yeah. with a lot of podcasters that are in the same type of genre, podcasting genre. And and I've appeared on um, I think I've been on Contrarians twice. A couple times. Yeah. yeah, it's been twice. It's been a while because I'm busy, sadly, because I see it, the topics and I'm like, oh, I got so much to say on that. <laughs> and uh, you're welcome you know, anytime. And then I got to work. My work keeps interrupting my fun. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> if people are interested in checking out uh, Mystique, the band and the documentary, where can they find it? 
So if you just Google around, like you'll find Mystique social media stuff. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook is probably the best place to reach Mystique. The other guys have like Ray and John are both part of the Mystique Facebook page. The Instagram and Twitter is probably the best place to reach me. Um, So the official Mystique official 30th is the Facebook page that they had started to promote the 30th anniversary. And that was the page that Ray and John started. And I have access as an admin and I post stuff to the Facebook page as well. Um, That's probably the best place to reach us. If you're interested in purchasing a DVD, you could go right to our online shop at mystique-black-rider-online-store.com. It's a bit of a mouthful. But if you Google standing on the firing line, Mystique DVD, it, it's like one or two thing, first things that pop up. And the link is posted all over our social media. So I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, you can find the store if you're looking for it. Or find me on Facebook or Instagram and send me a message and I'll, I'll send you a link. But those yep. are the best places to reach out to Mystique for Mystique and for the DVD. That's awesome. Anything else you want to tell, talk about before we wrap things up? No, I'm just I'm very grateful that you had me on. And um this has been awesome. I'm just trying to get as much eyes on this thing as possible. So any anything helps. And, and thank you very much for taking your time to have me on your show. Absolutely. And absolutely. I really, I'm glad you turned me on to a new band. Thank you. No, yeah. other than that, yeah, just uh, Contrarians continues on. Martin, we got a, a good crew there. Grant, myself, Reed hosts shows. Uh, Melissa, hopefully you can come back on anytime you're welcome. And, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is That'd really exciting. Great. All right. Well, I thank you so much. And you will send me the send me um all the links so I can put them in the show notes. Absolutely. I will. All right, my friend. It was great to see you. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.